Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. with a pure heart so that it can be clear that my intention is where it needs to be at this moment. It needs to be stated that I realize there's a difference between being righteous and right. And being a contemplative, a person who thinks about our place in the universe, our role as a human and yet as a soul, a spirit, part of the divine and it's not about right and wrong it's about deciphering a message that is bigger and better and purer and more holy than the vessel in which we are contained and how to mine those deeper truths while at the same time battling the flesh and the desire that it causes. It's one thing to be able to say, to take your sorrow and cherish it because it will make your joy that much more joyful. It's a different thing entirely to live it. Two years ago, if you ran into me, I would have overwhelmed you with what what have come across as some sense of clarity, an inspiring sense of clarity. I would have told you that we have to think of our existence in this plane, that there is both us and our ego. And our ego is really the false impression of ourselves that we put to the world. It's a defense mechanism of the highest order in that we create something to project into a world we know is dangerous and malevolent and destructive and scary. Our ego begins to be built before we even have a say. Our parents lay down foundations and our defense mechanism to the world. And that at some point we have to get to the understanding that the only way to live our true self is to kill our ego, which will reveal our nature as it truly is. 
We've all been hiding behind the ego. We put it up, it's a front. But inside, behind, deeper than that, is who we really are. And what we really want. What we really hope for and what we dream of. And what we know to be true. It's overwhelming to think that somehow this self-suicide could be a sacrifice that would lead to salvation. But it is. It's a fantastic metaphor for how we deal with the world around us and how we deal with people in our lives and conflict and situations that come up because of the fact that we are in the mortal coil. And are we going to approach those questions of higher authority rather than getting bogged down in the flesh, which we know is nothing more than a ticket to death? You're listening to a person who has stood behind a pulpit and preached to the masses, who has literally got paper saying that I know about those ancient texts. And I'm here to tell you with every fiber of what I have that I don't think I ever understood the idea that the wages of sin are death until now. That if our focus is of the things of the flesh, it kills our spirit. It kills our divine. And our art that which we put out, that language of our eternal spirit that we produce into the world to be a reflection of something better than us as people can only be one of two things. If it is pure and of virtue and valor, then that is what it will produce in those who partake in it. And if it is false, that deception is what will be mined from it. I am learning moment by moment that being right does not make you righteous and in fact does nothing but deafen ears to which you would hope you would be speaking. Keep your intention as pure as you can. Pull back the curtain of your real self. Take a knife and slice the throat of that ego. And give yourself over to truth. What would you say 
you do here? Well, look, I already told you. I deal with the goddamn customers so the engineers don't have to. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. Can't you understand it? What the hell is wrong with you people? It's June 6th, 2021. Sunday afternoon, 5.30. And the Los Angeles Clippers have just defeated the Dallas Mavericks in Game 7 and sent my team packing home. And I am elated because, honestly, that was the last distraction. (laughs) In the episodes that follow, it's not going to be a big chronology to them. Because I'm removing the boundaries that all of that entails. This thing is a vehicle for me. And if someone gets something out of it, that's good. I enjoy the entertainment. Boy, do I ever enjoy entertaining you. And do I enjoy making you laugh, scaring the shit out of you. I love all of it. But now there's not going to be a rhyme or a reason. Because I've realized that I can't interpret my own messages myself in that order. And so... I'm going to put thoughts out on the page and hopefully you can gain something from it. And maybe in flipping between different episodes where you hear hear me reference something that's similar to something else, you can enlighten me on what was happening. And I think that is beautiful. And I will tell you this, that after last weekend putting out that new stuff, I got more correspondence and people saying, thank you for what you're doing. Keep going. Push it. It's great to have you back. Your voice. It's important. And that encouragement has driven me to a point where I realize that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Self-doubt and thinking that they're all going to laugh at you can silence a voice that needs to be heard. So for the past week, this has been in my heart on my mind constantly because I have been concerned about art and its intention and why I would share what I know do what I do why am I doing it and I've read this next paragraph to myself hundreds of times And when I am actually honest with myself, I start to look at how it is a representation of me. It led me to the realization of as long as your intention is pure and you know what you're in it for. And a lot of times ideas and thought would take a long time to sink in and that's okay and that's okay but just because I may not understand something at a certain point doesn't mean should be quiet I know that seems simple enough but for whatever reason I've been holding back 
And all I know is when I quit holding back, better things. Better things indeed. So this is a book that I've had for quite a while. And uh, it's specifically about mythology, but more specifically about Athena, the goddess of the sky. Not only was she the goddess of the sky, she's the god of wind and air. And the connection of putting breath in our lungs, which fuels the blood. She uh, is a direct representation of the owl that has always been with me. Now, uh, Queen of the Air, this is uh, in the chapter of Athena in the Heart. We'll get back to her specifically at another time. But right now, this is about what is it you say you do around here. Now, I must insist on this matter for a grave reason. Of all facts concerning art, this is the one most necessary to be known. That while manufacture is the work of hands only, Art is the work of the whole spirit. And as that spirit is, so is the deed of it. And by whatever power of vice or virtue any art is produced, the same vice or virtue it reproduces and teaches. That which is born of evil begats evil. And that which is born of valor and honor teaches valor and honor. And all art is either infection or education. And it must be one or other of these. We're never going to figure it all out. All we can do is hope to interpret the message It matters when it comes. You just listen to the old pork chop express here now. Take us advice on a dark and stormy night when the lightning's crashing and the thunder's rolling and the rain's coming down and sheets thick as lead. Just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and he says, Give me your best shot, pal. I can take it. I mean, the first thing that I said to him when we got on the phone is I said, Man, I am in a really good spot for my art right now, and this is what's going on with me. Yeah. And he got it immediately. Now this, I must insist on this matter for a grave reason. Of all facts concerning art, this is the most necessary. That while manufacture is the work of hands only, art is the work of the whole spirit of man. And as that spirit is, so is the deed of it. And by whatever power of vice or virtue any art is produced, the same vice or virtue it reproduces and teaches. That which is born of evil begats evil. And that which is born of valor and honor teaches valor and honor. Yeah. All art is either infection or education. It must be one or the other. Yeah. That's how you get our attention. Right. 
It really does, right? Like, you said it yourself. You can be the smartest motherfucker in the room. And you can be an amazing thing. And you can either torpedo that bitch or give light to it. Right. You can be righteous and not be right. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with the gifts that you're given? What are you going to do with that vision? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with what you were told you need to make, you need to create? Where are you going? And then what are you going to do when you get there? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's brilliance or it's madness. And it's like not very, like those two. Dude, they're not, they're, they're so, right there together. They are thin lines, man. What I'm saying, the love and hate thing, the brilliance and madness, those things are that way because it, at the strongest points of them, they bend against each other. It's yeah. like all of the gravity pushing back against each other. Yeah. Because to get to that part of brilliance, you have to be able to look across the room and see madness. You have to. Yeah. Because it puts that stress on this vessel that was not supposed to be able to understand it. Because you're at that point, you're fighting everything to get there. And it'll rip you a new one. And I mean, you could get stuck there. Yeah. It happens to people. Flat yeah. too close to the sun shit. And, I mean, there's a daring, there's a courage in that, but there's also self-loathing in getting there because you don't care. Because you don't care what happens to you at some point. You have to be willing to go through those threshes to get to that point. Yeah. I'll read you this right here, because I totally forgot about this. In the middle of April, when I went to Tyler, I woke up and I wrote this dream. This is the dream you are telling me about earlier? Yeah. And so, this was uh, April 11, on the 21st, and it just says, Last night, I had a very strange dream, because I woke up doing this. Just immediately started writing. Earlier in the evening, the day before, I had pulled down a bunch of books that I had given my father, but had not yet read myself. And I pulled out Blood and Thunder, an epic of the American West. It contains a description of two universes, two worlds, two religions colliding. The first chapter is about a man who, who's both a savage and a settler and a person who existed in both worlds. That's Kit Carson, right? Mm-hmm. You read this. We had this conversation, but this is my dream. That evening, I was with a person I know who, though he's a good guy, always is around for some of my worst decisions. Mm-hmm. And we are in a multi-story building we don't know very well, looking for fun and fulfillment. At some point, we're joined by a life female who I'm led to believe has some answers for our longing but fails to deliver at every turn. In fact, she has a way of assuring me of what I seek, but I come to realize she has produced more suffering than any amount of satisfaction could ever be worth. There is a deep-rooted sadness in her, even though it is clear that she knows of her betrayal all the while. However unremarkable and unattractive that she reveals herself to be, I can't stop chasing her through the maze. I know it's a fool's errand, and each time I follow her into the corridors and the endless staircases and the dangerous places, malevolent beings are at war all around me. I'm trying to avoid them unseen. 
My perpetual need for her morphs from me chasing my desires to hoping that I could heal her wounds, from which that betrayal emanates. I last remember her falling into a chasm, and I don't know if I followed. The next day, something... This is interesting because I'm not coming out right out and saying it, but this is out of the dream. This is something loomed, up, loomed over me. A discussion was had with a friend of mine for m of many years, a man of faith, about the road that I had to travel to tell people about what I know, keenly aware of the danger in that darkness. I argue that it is my calling to expose what I know and that in doing so, I might as well be starving lions before the slaughter. Driving home, my phone was broken, so my map on my phone wasn't working, so I was kind of just in back. I seemed to be carried right past a place that I uh, had been looking for, and then I drove right into a place that uh, I've been many times that is not a fucking nice place. I was turned around as usual, <laughs> but when I came to a fork in the road, the road in front of me was Kit Carson Road. I just wrote, in turning down it, I was led back to the belly of the beast that I remember following. And then I wrote that quote that's in the front of that book. I follow the scent of the falling rain and head for the place it is darkest. I follow the lightning and draw near the place where it strikes. Now that was April. And I'm talking about being at Jonathan's and telling him about Devil's Creek. But that dream, what the fuck? Kit Carson was that motherfucker. We need to send someone from known to unknown in about three days. Who the fuck can we rely on? Who, who period, can make it? Who the fuck can take this group of people... From known to absolutely unfucking known. With the least amount of casualties. With the least amount of casualties and know what the fuck they're doing and get back and we'll feel good about it. Kit fucking Carson. Fucking legend. Dude, that motherfucker was unbelievable. Dude, it is really shocking. That yeah, that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting dream. Because he was traversing places that hadn't been mapped. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know what the fuck... They were getting into. They had no idea. So they were going off of who's been there. The reason they chose Kit Carson, it was in his fucking DNA to do that. It's yeah. not like, okay... You can teach him. Yeah, it's not like they, they found a guy... He'd yeah. already been back and forth a hundred fucking times. Yeah. He knew the fucking road. He knew the trail. Because he fucking... That's just what he did. The thing with Kit Carson is he, is he spoke the fucking Indian's language. Yeah, he lived out there with that like, shit. Mm -hmm. Like he was a fucking Indian himself. It's a road that nobody else could fucking travail. Nobody else could travel. Except for Kit Carson. Right. Right? Because he was just wired differently. Well, I mean, it also could just be the fact that I started the journey that got me to this place because it was funny to me, which is true. And then I got up there and was like, oh shit, things are different. And then it was, okay, now, rather than it being about me, I want to try to help 
what's here. Yeah. However that is. I am... Don't know what the hell I'm doing, Bob. And I've got to get across the fucking country, right? And I don't know the first thing about what the hell I'm doing, what the hell I'm going to face, but there's this dude who's not only... Not only does he know what the hell's going on, he's been there back and forth a hundred fucking times. He knows his shit because that's just what he does. He goes back and forth. He's been there... Yeah, he knows the he knows the roads. He knows the Indians. He speaks their language. He is wired for that shit. He's not a statesman. He's not uh, a colonel, but he's better than all those fucking guys in that situation because it's been his life the whole time, right? Like that's just that's what he's been doing the whole fucking time. And so, there's people who thrive in impossible situations because they've been doing impossible situations. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's people that seem like they're great, but you put them in an impossible situation... And they're fucking helpless because they've never been in an impossible situation. Right. Well, that idea of chasing something because you think it's going to be one thing, and then after you do it a few times, you realize that that's not the end game. Right. And then you realize that 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 thing that's the end game is coming from something that's broke. Yeah. Right. It's oh, I, I all of a sudden I see sadness in this. Right. And and now rather than me being up here for the gold at the end of the honey pot it's to help yeah to lead these men it started it started with a different idea yeah but it ended up as right right and it fits perfectly with what you've been doing the whole time right it does it really does because it's just what you've been doing I mean what was I crying my eyes out about you know how like I'm embarrassed that I was terrified of of it, that I knew that this is really seriously like what I had placed myself to do, and it was like I knew what it was gonna take because I've been there. I know how it's gonna hurt, but like that's yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing, and it's waiting. Ready? Right, dude. That is the kick-ass thing about destiny is that when it shows up and it wiggles its fucking face in your life, not only were you prepared for it, you were over-prepared for it. It's just what you do. Yeah. Right? That's the beauty of destiny. When it happens, you're over-prepared. Mm-hmm. And you just walk into it. And it's the easiest fucking thing because you've been doing it the whole fucking time. Right. Well, it's the realization that it ain't going to be no different this time. That you're prepared for it. Yeah. Trust your preparation. You've done, yeah. you've done the hard part, right? Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson 
one of the reasons why I'm in love with that dude is he was very philosophical in the way that he approaches things because his dad was a pro baseball player and his dad was like, dude, be the king in every room that you go into and like realize who you are and that kind of shit. Right. And he said that his dad had this thing on the wall that he said, the separation is in the preparation. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right, man. Fucking Moses. Before he even showed up, he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. Okay? So he was already a fucking king. He killed a man because they were persecuting his people. He, he saw who he was. They were persecuting his people. And so he killed a man. And then he left for 40 fucking years. 40 years. Right? In the desert. Mm. As a fucking... A desert dweller. Whatever the hell that means. And then he shows up one day. And he confronts Pharaoh. As a desert dweller. But yet he's Pharaoh's brother. Let my people go. Forty years in the desert. Doing nothing. Doing fucking nothing. Yeah. But. Whatever you do in the desert. Learning to live as a learning to live on as little as fucking possible. Learning to live as with nothing. Alright? And Pharaoh's like, fuck you. You know? Yeah. And what does he do? He takes his people and he lives in the desert. And he teaches them how to fucking live. Because he's been there for 40 fucking years. Like, he already knows. Yet... He's Kid Carson, that bitch. Yet he grew up as... He grew up with Pharaoh. So he's a king. Right. He knows how to rule. Mm-hmm. Right? He was perfectly fucking prepared for everything that he did. He was prepared. Like, his life prepared him to do what he needed to do. And he did it. Because that's what he did. Yeah. You know? You're right. And we just, we don't see the the shit that happens, the awful shit that happens, the really hard shit that happens. It really is a blessing. And we don't see it. It really is. It we don't see really it. It really is. It makes us who we are. What else can they be? It gives us be? fucking salt. What right? else can they be? Agreed. We've got to have fucking salt or we're nothing. What else can it be? There's like no other way for it to exist. There's no way for sorrow to exist without joy or no. joy sorrow. No. Because the depths of your joy come from the depths of your sorrow. Dude, deep fucking sorrow to experience deep fucking joy. You've got to have that cavern carved in your fucking soul. That's such a great line, too. That that idea of carving the well. You have to. With like literally mining out the insides. Otherwise, you're you're shallow. Yeah. You're, you're fucking shallow. shallow. Dude. You're shallow. you're a shallow fucking well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That was brilliant. By the way, great job. Great job, sir. How could anyone wonder? Why enjoy having this alone back in my life? There's a long distance train rolling through the
There's a woman I long to touch And I'm missing her so much But she's drifting Like a satellite There's a neon light ablaze And a green smoky haze And laughter Down on Elizabeth Street There's a lonesome felt home In that valley of snow Where she bathed In a stream of pure heat Her fatherhood emphasized You got to be more than streetwise But he practiced what he preached from the heart A full-blooded Cherokee He predicted it to me The time and the place that we part There's a white 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.